And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here on Russell and Medhurst. Here till noon on a Monday right now. Touchdown at 10 kicks off each and every Monday. We, of course, do it with the knowledge of one of the league's greatest offensive minds. And that is Jay Gruden. Jay, Pete, and Chris on a Monday morning. How are you, sir? Doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Jay. Spectacular. You, of course, went through quarterback of Palooza what is the challenge for the head coach coordinator quarterbacks coach all that group trying to formulate a game plan all of a sudden for someone that as Chris noted earlier has been taking very limited reps and has probably thrown maybe a hundred footballs uh, since the beginning of the season in practice as Washington likely goes without Wentz and either goes with Heineke or Hal coming up this week. Yeah, I would imagine it's Heineke because he's got some experience at least. You know, he played a lot of football last year, which is a good thing. So they should have a pretty good understanding of where he is and what he does well and what he struggles with. So uh, I don't think it'll be that hard for them to formulate a game plan uh, very similar to, you know, the Jets when they had Flacco, he came in and, and Cooper Rush came in for Dak Prescott, did some good things. So, you know, that's just the way it is in pro football. you got to get your backups ready to go at every position, uh, especially the quarterback position, because if something happens, that guy needs to uh, continue to play decent and get your team in position to win games somehow. But, Jay, like, uh, I, I guess, you know, to Pete's question and point, uh, with a third-string guy, right, it's way different than just a second-string. We already know the second-string guy – once the season goes into you know season mode, doesn't get a lot of reps, doesn't get a lot of throws, doesn't get a lot of work because there's only so many bullets around. What, what a third string guy, right? Am I correct in this? Uh, is only doing scout team and what work on the side, right? They're not getting any live reps when you're a a pure third string Sam Howell type position guy, correct? Yeah, correct. I think the backup typically takes all the scout team reps, and uh, the third team guy will maybe get a half a dozen a day possibly they'll throw some routes versus there and do some individual things of that nature but they're sitting in all the meetings and they got to keep themselves ready to go uh look at new england they're playing with their third string quarterback and heck he looks better than the first two <laughs> yeah no <laughs> well maybe bill belichick has something maybe bill belichick kind of still knows what he's doing right yeah, yeah, especially, you know, I think it's very surprising, especially with their offensive coordinator not having any experience calling plays. Uh, you know, they've done an excellent job there, without a doubt, with that kid. He's done a really good job playing. Jay, the other night, obviously, it was, uh, it was a challenge for Washington. They, they did leave the building, though, uh, with a W. I guess the encouraging thing is defense from the start of the year to now uh, has made a significant improvement. I mean, it's no other way to, to look at it. They have improved. And, you know, sometimes, Jay, in, at the pro level, is it is it addition by subtraction sometimes when you have a guy that's not playing confidently, not playing well, and you take him out, and it certainly appears as if uh, Washington and William Jackson III may be headed for a divorce here pretty soon. Yeah, sometimes it's necessary to do that with uh, key players or guys that you sign for some money. Um, it just doesn't work out. It doesn't fit. It's not a system fit, uh, personality fit, whatever it might be, or that player struggling. And uh, instead of letting them struggle just because you paid them, sometimes you have to make those tough decisions and get people in there, give them an opportunity to see if they 
can play better. And uh, I think that's what's happened here. Um, William can play corner. I'm sure he'll have some trade value, but uh, you know, it's a tough decision, but things you, you have to make those calls every once in a while, hopefully not too often with your high paid free agent signings. And we talked about that last week. You pointed out, and you're absolutely right. If you're going to play more man, right, or or it's not like you can play man and 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 you know ninety percent of the defense play zone uh, just to kind of build something for William Jackson, right? You got to be kind of on the same page. And right now, just while we're on the defense. Like, the defense isn't bad for Jack Del Rio over the last month. They give up too many big plays. We know that. But, I mean, it's not like you can play man for William Jackson the third and and zone for Kendall Fuller because he can't play man and, and have other linebackers all over the place, right? I mean, it's not like you can just mix and match, correct? Oh, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, your safety has to cover a tight end, uh, and that's not a good matchup a lot of times. Your backers have to cover backs out of the backfield, which – you know, you don't want to do all the time. And, and obviously the other corner is putting in the bind as well. Uh, there's different ways to help these guys a man-to-man with uh, pluggers and, and lurkers and all that stuff. But uh, for the most part, either you're a man team or you're not. But eventually you're going to have to play man at some point in the game on critical third down sure. and medium, third down and shorts, whatever you got to do. Uh, but for that to be your staple, like New England, it's their staple. They play a lot of man-to-man. They always have. They train their guys to play man-to-man. Uh, and there's a lot of teams that are like that. Dallas plays some man-to-man. They get physical and hold and grab and, and give their pass rush time to get home. Uh, but that's not Jack Del Real's style, and he's his own guy, but he will mix in some man. But uh, that's not William Jackson's cup of tea, his own. Jay, in Green Bay, you have Aaron Rodgers. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be great. There's not supposed to be any issues whatsoever, yet there are right now for this Green Bay team. They just don't look like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Well, what's the issue right now? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think protection isn't that great right now. Uh, the Jets, you know, sent him quite a bit. They gave him a lot of pressure. And uh, Aaron is not as nimble as he used to be. He still can escape, there's no doubt about it, but not quite like he used to. And, and guys aren't getting the separation uh, like he's used to. There's no Devontae Adams there. These young receivers, Lazard and Dobbs and and Randall Cobb's a little older to tooth, and he's not getting the separation necessary. If it's not for those little screens that they run, uh, where they, you know, the flat screens, where they run a flat route and the receiver blocks the corner and the guy runs for nine yards, that's about all they're getting right now. You know, and uh, they're struggling, and they're trying to find their identity. They're trying to run the ball, and that's not working extremely well. They have two great backs, but they're not getting any uh, good chunk plays in the running game, and, and uh, it's been a struggle the last two weeks for sure. I was going to say, you just brought up my, the point I was going to follow up with. I mean, between Dylan and Jones – you know, you should at least have that as some sort of caveat, and that's not working either. And and to me, for Matt Lafleur right now, you know, you're looking around for solutions, and and unfortunately, unless you're bringing in new offensive linemen, there may not be one right now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how fast Dobbs is, but it doesn't look like they have a lot of speed outside to really take the top off. So people are uh, playing them underneath, uh, covering underneath routes, and, and and then getting after the quarterback with just four guys. Uh, and that's always the recipe for disaster, really. It's really tough as a play caller to get shots down the field if you don't have any Deshaun Jacksons or any speed receivers to really scare people, and they don't really have anybody right now. they got to figure something out, and I'm sure Aaron will get it done, and, and uh, LaFleur, they'll figure something out. But uh, it's a struggle right now. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers come in at 3-3. Three and three. Their special teams, again, a disaster yesterday like it was really all uh, of last year. 
Uh, it looked like Passaccia had them on the right track. Um, you know, and then uh, again, maybe just a bad day at the office. I don't know. Um, uh, but certainly that reared its ugly head yesterday. But, you know, Jay, outside of their run defense yesterday, and Brees Hall creased them a couple of times, their defense has been pretty good. And you you happen to know, obviously, Joe Barry he was your defensive coordinator uh, here for two weeks from, you know, from afar. What do you see out of that Green Bay defense, uh, again, which got shredded on the ground yesterday, but they only gave up, I think, 278 total yards or something. Yeah, I think turnovers killed them. The block punt killed them. Obviously, the fumble exchange. They they set the Jets up in unbelievable field position. Uh, they gave them the ball at the plus side of the territory a couple times. You can't do that, especially if you're struggling offensively. Uh, but defensively, you know, they still play pretty well. Preston's still there. Kenny Clark's doing a good job stopping runs. Ron Reed's still a force in the middle. Uh, their corners are pretty good. Obviously, Darnell Savage, one of the better safeties. Amos is a physical guy. So they have the players on defense to be successful. They just got to get their offense going, eliminate those turnovers, and, and give Aaron Rodgers some opportunities to get some big plays. Jay, I'll come back to the fact that you were a quarterback. You played the position. You know what these men go through. The fact that Tom Brady is essentially having to get after his offensive line, and is it because it's Brady that it's okay and that it's accepted uh, in a situation like that because his credentials are impeccable? Uh, because, you know, right now, that's a that's a club that, you know, for some of the weapons they have, um, so much is expected. I think they expect so much of themselves, and they're not performing to that level right now. Yeah, I think that's the biggest surprise. I think that game right there was a huge – obviously the Jets was a big surprise, but the way the Bucks played on offense with Mike Evans and Godwin and Tom Brady and, and Leonard Fournette, and, uh, the rookie running back, they have enough players to do better than they did yesterday. And I think Tom was just speaking his frustration. He's getting hit a lot and he's not having time to see and uh, there's pressure in his face. You know, It's hard. And uh, sometimes somebody needs to get on uh, the players, and that can't always come from the coach. Sometimes a veteran leader like Tom Brady needs to do that to try to spark a fuse or light a fire and make these guys come out and play with a little more urgency. Uh, just as a side note to that, some people are saying uh, Tom shouldn't have done that because uh, you know he was at Bob Kraft's wedding in New York on Friday and missed the walkthrough on Saturday. From a head coach perspective, obviously it's Tom Brady. Okay, so t- Tom, you know Tommy can do whatever the hell he wants because he's Tom freaking Brady, right? But from a head coach perspective. Would you have an issue with that if that was your starting quarterback? I would a little bit, yeah. Uh, you know, you never want anybody to miss any practice. The so Saturday walkthroughs, some people say, are just, uh, you know, it's a dress rehearsal. But there are a lot of things that you do in the walkthrough Saturdays, reminders and tips and all that stuff, maybe your first 15 preview or what have you. Uh, it's important for everybody to be there, be on the same page. But he did go through a lot with Robert Kraft, and I can understand why he'd want to be there for the wedding. They uh, had some pretty good times together, and I think it was important for him to be at the wedding. Jay Gruden, our guest here on Touchdown at Ten. Jay, I'm looking at I'm looking at the docket here, and I see the Eagles maybe only being an underdog one time, and that's if Dak is healthy and playing for Dallas when the two teams meet in Dallas. This Philadelphia outfit, man, you know, I, I think we need to start believing not only are they good, but Jay, they this team might be 14, 15 win type material. Because every week they show up, and every week, Jay, when it comes money time in the fourth quarter, they find the answer, either offensively or defensively, that they need to close things out seemingly each and every game. 
Well, they're playing great complementary football. Their defense is playing extremely well. They're getting turnovers uh, offensively. They're running the ball, eating up the clock. They can hit you a lot of different ways. A.J. Brown addition has been huge for that football team, for another uh, tough, tight player that fits in that mold of that style that they want to play. They want to play big, aggressive defense and play dominant offensive line football, and then they have a big physical receiver in A.J. Brown, a quarterback to squat 600 pounds. Yeah, they complement each other very well, and they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to beat because – uh, they don't really have any weaknesses right now other than possibly having to throw the ball in known passing situations, but it doesn't look like they're going to have many because their defense is playing so well. Right, and, and, and well, I was just going to ask you about Jalen Hurts and the RPO game, Jay. I mean, we've seen, obviously, the evolution of the RPO, and some quarterbacks, some teams do it well, whatever. Um, is, is it because they're just so successful running the football in a lot of different ways and their offensive line is so good? Is that why the Eagles' RPO is so good? Or is it something that they're doing with Hurts or scheme and system with Sirianni, who, by the way, I really like? He seems like, you know, one of these guys, you know, a young guy like yourself, you know, that you can rally around that, you know, really kind of like gets today's modern game. Yeah, he's definitely doing a great job, but they, their RPOs are more like our RPOs. It could be quarterback run, a handoff to the back, or, or a pass uh, to either A.J. Brown or somebody in the flat. So they have great uh, uh, diversity in what they're doing with their running game, their play actions, and their nakeds, and, and obviously the RPOs. So um, it's very tough to defend. When you have a quarterback that can run like Jalen Hurst can run, um, it really keeps your defense flat-footed and on their heels and who's got the ball and uh, we got to play the quarterback. We got to play the run. We got to play the AJ Brown. We got to play the play action pass. You know, they they got it all clicking right now because they have the weapons that do it. As long as they stay healthy, the system will be very successful because of their diversity. Jay, if Brian Dable took over with a bunch of weapons, I'd understand. But he's virtually got no wide receivers. He's got Saquon and a, a quarterback that had massive confidence issues coming into this season. How on earth are the Giants five and one? You know what? They're 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 playing great team football, and they're making plays when they have to. And Saquon is a monster, and Daniel Jones is doing some great things with his legs, and he's playing with a lot more confidence. And, and Dayball's putting him in great situations to succeed. He's a good offensive football coach. That's been proven for a long time. And uh, defensively, they're playing a lot better than I think anybody ever expected they would. Uh, so when you're playing good team football, your quarterback's not turning the ball over, and you have a very strong maybe the best running back in the NFL. Uh, you should be in games, really. Uh, but we're just surprised because they didn't play that way last year with some of the similar pieces, especially offensively and defensively. They weren't very good. But uh, it's been the greatest turnaround you know, the first, for the first five or six weeks that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, just as an aside to, to that game, Jay, any reason the last couple of weeks to be concerned about Lamar Jackson in terms of his passing evolution? Just, you know, I mean, he missed a bunch of easy – Sort of easy, easy on the eyes. Throws Sunday night against the Bengals, the, even though they won. And yesterday he was not very good at all, despite having a good running game. And again, the Giants kind of being, you know, this um, uh, mishmash on defense. Any reason to be concerned there or just two kind of off games and he'll be fine? Well, he made a critical, horrific decision there on the interception where it was a bad play. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things you'd say, to a quarterback, don't make a bad play worse, and he yeah. made a bad play worse. Mm. That interception was a, a play that Lamar should never make. He's going to miss his throws from time to time. That's, there's no doubt about it. He's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but what Lamar is, he's a great all-around quarterback as far as throwing the football, running the football. But when you're talking about pure accuracy, he's probably not in the top ten. Uh, but 
you know, those mistakes he can't make. You know, they turned the ball over twice in critical situations in the fourth quarter and uh, allowed the Giants to win that football game. And if they don't do that, then I'm sure the Ravens are there to win it. Premier matchup of the day yesterday. If if Buffalo, and I know most of these yards came in the first half, but if Buffalo gets anywhere close to 85 yards rushing from Devin Singletary every week to go with what Josh Allen and that passing attack can do, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City on track to give us greatness in the AFC uh, again. Second half was just terrific football uh, between these two teams uh, yesterday. So many players all over the field. Uh, for you, as an offensive mind, it, it must be a joy to watch two teams like that go at it the way they did uh, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, exactly right. And if Singletary can run the ball effectively like he has, because he's going to have to, they're going to get a lot of two safety, split safety looks, and teams are going to try to play a lot of coverage to stop digs and, and the receiving Davis uh, and Knox, uh, obviously Josh Allen. So it's going to open up some lanes for Singletary. If he can take advantage of those, they're going to be a tough team to beat as well, obviously. Not very hard to figure out from anybody. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, it's fun to watch those guys make plays. I mean, the, the, the plays where he hurdles guys and stiff-armed guys and runs guys over. I mean, Josh Allen is a freak of nature and uh, probably the best quarterback in the league right now, him and mm-hmm. Pat. I was going to say, Jay, I mean, if, if you're trying to stop them, the fact that, you know, they can run, as you mentioned, Diggs and Davis both, they've got a better-than-average tight end in Knox. McKenzie's a terrific slot option uh, for them. I mean, if you're if you're trying to defend them, you know how what what is the best strategy, or is there a strategy that if if they simply execute, is there a strategy that can stop that team? Say five possessions a game, because to me, you got to get five stops minimum against a team like that to prevent them from putting up twenty four to twenty eight points every week against you. Yeah, that's uh, when you put them on film, I'm sure a defensive coordinator's night nightmare. I think the best chance you have is to try to get home with four rushers and play your coverages and hope to goodness uh, you keep Josh Allen in the pocket somehow, which is damn near impossible. He, he breaks contain every pass rush known to man. He'll stiff arm guys. He'll run over guys. Uh, but, yeah, the best the best possible way is to play your four-down man, uh, four-down rushes and play zone coverages behind it, mix up your zones and try to confuse them and then and get home with your four guys. Otherwise, uh, you try to pressure them and Diggs will kill you, uh, Josh will kill you. It's a, it's a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. And that defense was really good last year, even though they struggled at the end of that Kansas City playoff loss. But adding Von Miller certainly uh, hasn't hurt. Jay, just for the sake of time here, we've got to get to this. Um, I, I don't know what you saw of it, uh, but obviously you work for the Rams now, so I'm, I'm guessing you saw some of it. Uh, Robbie Anderson uh, got into it with apparently his wide receiver coach and then with the interim head coach Steve Wilkes got ejected or thr- I shouldn't say ejected. Uh, he got removed from the game and removed from the field by, again, Wilkes, who was also barking at his head coach. I know you and Pierre used to go at it from time to time, uh, but I don't remember anything like that for you when you were here. Have you faced a situation like that? And like, basically, what happens in those situations? And who do you believe? How do you like know what's going on? Is it just what you hear in your headsets? Is it what other assistants tell you? Like, how do you deal with something like that? Well, it's hard. You know, receivers, all players, they want to be successful and they want their team to win. And everybody's on a very competitive level on game day. You know, they have a game plan, they're excited about it, and then the key third down, Anderson's out of the game, and he gets frustrated and, and says his two cents, and then the coach says something back, and all of a sudden you have a full-flown argument. 
uh, which can't happen. You know, I think players have to be selfless uh, in a time of uh, in, a, in a competitive time somehow, some way. It's got to be all about the team. And when players put themselves ahead of the team and, and it's about me instead of the team, you got a problem and you have to address it. But you don't want to address it that way, have a shouting match with your players on the sideline. Obviously, I'm sure uh, they want to get that back, but something's got to be done. They'll probably have to part ways with Robbie or Robbie will have to apologize or something like that, but uh can't happen. Jay, appreciate the time. As always, every Monday, pal, have a good week. You got it. Thank you, guys. Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden joining us here on Touchdown at 10, as he does each and every Monday morning, 10 o'clock. We get smarter talking about the league with the former Washington head coach and, of course, longtime NFL offensive coordinator. We'll get back to more of your calls. 301-230-0980. You heard what Jay had to say about Heineke versus Hal coming up this week. If Wentz can't go, the experience probably gets him the nod. What say you? 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us. It's Russell and Medhurst right here until noon on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty. Tell you get to us here. Just to put a post mortem on Thursday, since you and I didn't get a chance to talk about it on Friday. Here's the one thing I will say, Chris: defensive line continues to trend in a massively positive direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was my biggest takeaway. Again, is we demanded the defense need to be better coming into this season. And the first couple got first couple games, no doubt it was a struggle. But Chris, they are improving. This is not on Jack Del Rio and the defense anymore. This is no. this is clearly now changed to to Scott and the offensive side of the football in terms of finding more consistency in which of execution. Right. right here's now. The, here's the one thing that I would say before we're like absolutely sure that the defensive line is going to dominate every game. The last two offensive lines that they've gone against, that they've really, 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 really had success with, you know, I mean, Tennessee missing Taylor Luan and but I think uh, and some but other. Again, I, I, know, I tell you all the time, you're right, you're if right. you don't dominate those people, then I'm you should you. be really concerned. I'm with you. And and Montez Sweat just destroyed that poor kid yeah. at left tackle. I mean, just, to, <laughs> just ate him for lunch and, and spit him out and had him again Look, for dinner. I, I, listen, you're absolutely right. I'm just I'm just pointing out just for the sake of hey when you go against a really good offensive line i.e. Philadelphia the, and and then you eat now I know you, you know but until I see that I can't celebrate I can hope I can believe you you know what's interesting but you bring that up right I, I wrote this uh, for Command Post Magazine over the weekend uh, which is a Rick Snyder production. Uh, which is available via subscription. People should go check it out. Hello, Ricky. Um, Last year, on defense, what would you identify as the problems on defense last year? Well, clearly not getting off the field on third down. Correct, that's one. Not getting as much much production from those guys up front that you expect. And clearly linebackers. Uh, okay, so maybe there was more than three problems because the other one was, in general, and you're right, I, fr- I didn't even think about the linebackers, but you're right, was pass defense slash big plays, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So they've solved right now. They have solved problems one and two. Third down defense 
and pass rush or lack of sustained pass rush, right? Um, they have not solved big plays. I mean, first of all, the Justin Fields throw in the corner to Dante Pettis. I mean, a great – I said Pettis, just in case anybody wants to beat me up. Pettis. <clears throat> that was a great throw, but Kendall Fuller got smoked on that. And then the Khalil Herbert 62-yard run just – Kind of a bad mistake. You know, some people chided me on Twitter for beating up Jamin Davis. I, I mean, listen, you've got to make that play. I understand. I understand he got us sort of got pushed right at the point of attack by a blocker. I get it. You got to make that play. That turns into a, you know, that's a three yard gain that turns into a 62 yard run. And then on the final big play of the night, the Justin Fields 39 yard run, Pete. Uh, I don't know what you saw out of that, but basically it looked to me when I went back and I watched it, and I, and I saw this live too, he wanted to throw to his his right like a, 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 like a screen or a bubble screen or a wide receiver screen or whatever, and James Smith-Williams coming off the left edge had totally taken that away. He totally got right in Justin Fields' throwing lane, and it would have been swatted, batted up in the air for an interception, or batted down. So what happened was you had that play blocked. You had co- you had great coverage down the field, right? Good. The problem is, is everyone else, and this is why you, teams don't play a lot of man. I think they were in man in this. You got everybody's back turned. Uh, you got James Smith-Williams swallowing up the intended design of the play, and then the back door was wide open. And Justin Fields said, Veep! And ran for, you know, again, almost 40 yards because the back door, there was nobody home. There was nobody in backside contain, right? There was nobody. And I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's somebody not being where they're supposed to be or if that's just, hey, we took away option one. We took away every other option. What the hell do you Mm -hmm. want us to do? You know, And, and the kid made a great play, you know? So again, big plays and, I would even say the pass defense, like, there's plenty of problems. Kendall Fuller has stunk this year. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, I've been saying that, you know, since preseason game number one. Nobody wanted to listen. Everybody just, you know, chalked it up, whatever. Um, uh, he's been awful. Um, sorry, he just has. Uh, and and we all know William Jackson III. But Benjamin St. Juice and even Rashad Wild Goose has played reasonably well since he first came on the scene week three against Philadelphia I mean, he just when he had two DPIs. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He... He's got speed. He's got a – you know, but, but their pass defense, Pete, is not as bad if you take away the big plays. The problem is you can't just take away the big plays and say, ah, their big plays will get them fixed. I think they have 16 plays of 30 yards or more allowed mm-hmm. this year easily the worst can't in the NFL win. can't no. win that way well I mean you can win against another well, you, you anemic to, offense right you need to match yeah you, your offense needs to go out and get those same chunk plays and that hasn't happened or, or you need to have what the Bears did the other night which was throw up all over themselves oh, inside the 10 yard line you know look I mean I I I, I the Ravens yesterday th- this is red zone offense to me sometimes is the greatest challenge for any offensive coordinator. You know, the Ravens are a great running team. Kenyon Drake is running all over the Giants yesterday. Ravens get first and goal. I think it's at the nine. They throw three straight passes. Mm-hmm. Incomplete. Now, yes, I know the Giants. The Giants, for some strange reason, 
couldn't cover Mark Andrews yesterday. But three times in the red zone, they don't even run the football. You have you have you have the most dangerous one of the most dangerous red zone weapons in the National Football League, and you don't utilize him properly in the red zone yesterday. I mean, that, to me, that was on Greg Roman uh, the other night with the Bears. I mean, Justin Fields, great red zone weapon. Chris, you you don't have you don't need him to be, you know, Joe Montana in the red zone. Do a lot of things that allow Justin Fields to take advantage of his wheels. Roll him out, bootleg him. There's all kinds of things that quarterback draw. All three of those things, Chris, conducive to Justin Fields' skill set. And they probably waltz in the end zone mm-hmm. and score a touchdown. Yeah. And it's like it's like they don't want to win the football game. I mean, I just why do you make players try to do something that is still somewhat outside of what your offense is capable of, especially with your offensive line yeah. the way it is? I mean, they, they're yeah. That's a great way. I mean, they just yacked all over themselves uh, at at key times because they were moving the ball. Yeah, I mean, we got to give credit to the Commanders, right? The the interception off of Obata's mm-hmm. helmet right into John Allen, who's kind of back his turn to the line of scrimmage. Uh, the the fourth down run stop. Uh, Cole Holcomb, who has been a tackling machine in the last week, he's got like twenty eight combined tackles or something like that in the two games Tennessee and Chicago. Um, he makes the first play on the front side. Uh, Montez Sweat kind of comes in, uh, you know, off the right. By the way, let it not let, let it be pointed out. I know all of you people hate Jack Del Rio. Let it be heard from this day forth. The fact that Jack Del Rio has used Montez Sweat on the right side of the defense as opposed to his normal left side, it helps that Chase Young is not there. It makes it easier to do this. But the fact that he has taken advantage the last two weeks of no Taylor Luan at left tackle and a rookie at left tackle for the Bears, that's coaching. It's great coaching. That's game planning. Yeah. He deserves credit for that. And he won't get any credit except on this show. He deserves credit for that. Right? Um, Listen. Does he deserve a Barry Horowitz pat on the back? (laughs) No, because I because I didn't say that, <laughs> and and Jack won't toot his own horn. <laughs> he won't. Uh, well, privately he will. He deserves it this I, week. He should. I, he does. The problem is, is you know Jack can't come out and start beating his chest because uh, no, again, a say, they give. They, I say. mean, they gave up almost four hundred yards. I now, one hundred and sixty of them were on the three big plays yeah. that we're talking about, right? So, otherwise, brilliant. But you can't just dismiss that, right? They still have breakdowns and big plays against good teams are going to bite you in the ass. And they almost bit. I mean, think about this: if not for James Smith Williams knocking down a pass on second down and goal. Um, on that final sequence, and then Benjamin St. Juice with the pass defense tackle breakup of his lifetime at the goal line because, I mean, that should have been a touchdown on fourth and goal. They should have lost that game in every way after another Joey Sly miss. When I say another, I mean, you you know that Joey Sly has been struggling not only in regular season action, Ron, but uh, in the preseason and every time I saw him at uh, Command Central. Sorry. Sorry. Joey, Joey Sly at this point is, is about as trustworthy as Dustin Hopkins was last year, which is to say not at all. Not at all. But after that, they almost <laughs> away that game, and they should have. 
But that defense came up big once again inside the five-yard line. I, I Look, you can't, you can't survive like that against great offenses. That's eventually going to haunt you. But against anemic offenses or mediocre at best offenses Mm -hmm. you can get away with it and 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 it just so happened that the last two weeks they played against mediocre to anemic offenses now we'll see what happens against green bay who obviously has aaron Rodgers, but as we talked about and a great running game between aaron jones and uh and aj Dillon. but between what we talked about with jay what we opened up the show with green bay's offensive line their receivers eh, a mishmash of everything bad Let's go to the phones. Let's go downstairs there to the Pauly line. Paul E. Dangerously. What's up, Pauly? L to the W. What up? How you doing, man? Rufio. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Rufio, don't don't cut because you know I start out with Cousin Pete and then I get to you. It's okay. It's okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Paulie. I'm I'm more than happy to play second fiddle. Oh, man, you're number one in everybody's heart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, hey, I want to hear this. You're the only one been talking about Kendall Fuller. I've been telling y'all, Kendall Fuller been horrible since Detroit 2020. Come on, now. Stop with that. Hey, and, and let's give Derek Forrest some credit, too, for that breakup in the end zone Thursday night against, uh, uh, against the bed. Hey, you can call, you can say it was passing. They didn't call it. So it was a good. Play. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? That was, was the, you're right. That was the third down play, right? Uh, in go. between yeah, the Benjamin was... St. Juice pass defense and the James Smith Williams, uh, pass knockdown. Right. Cause that was JSW no, it, it was, was on second down. Uh, uh, Derek Forrest was on third down. You're right. They could have called DPI there. And then Benjamin St. Juice was go. on fourth down. Right. Yeah. There you go. And, and you want to stop some of these big plays. You know, get Bobby can't get right McCain out the game. You know, let's give Jeremy Reeves some burn. McCain is the one that gave up the, 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 the whole scene, the alley, on that run to Justin Fields on the sideline. Instead of using the sideline as your friend, he came flying up and ran himself out of the plate, and Fields just cut up right in between them and traveled for another 35 yards. You know what I mean? Let's get McCain out that game, man. That's what I'm campaigning for. You know what I mean? Close to election time. McCain <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, well, real quickly, just – but if you're going to play Buffalo Nickel, right, because Percy yeah. Butler's been banged up and hasn't developed yet, if you're going to play Buffalo Nickel, you got to have Bobby McCain out there, right? Jeremy, uh, otherwise, it's Defoe Jeremy, and Cameron Curl. Oh, Jeremy Reeves, Jeremy yeah. Jeremy Reeves. Uh, I mean, Reeves, McCain's got Jeremy more Reeves, speed, man. though, than uh, – McCain no, is nah, – No, he don't. He don't have more speed than Jeremy Reeves. No, he uh, don't. I think – I th- be a, No, no. He might be a slightly little bigger build, but he doesn't have more speed than Jeremy uh, Reeves. Jeremy Reeves could fly back there, man. I'm okay. telling you. Hey, right. but look, look. Let me get to this quarterback thing, man. Look, y'all crazy to want to see how getting this game. First of all – this whole season. First of all, why would you subject him to this offensive line? Another guy that needs to sit down. Andrew Norwell, sit him down. You know what I mean? But why would you want to put him in there in this, uh, with this line in this situation? You know what I mean? You need a guy in there that's going to give you a chance to win, not a guy that's learning how to play and learning how to, how to uh, manage a team. You, you can say one thing about Haneke. He took his lumps last year in, in playing the whole season. And I said this last year when everybody was crying for him to be benched and all that other stuff. I was saying, look, Ron is sticking with him because Ron knows he might be in this situation next year and he wants Heineke to have a full season under his belt. You know, did, let's get this rookie season. He had a rookie season with Heineke last year. 
I don't want to subject Al to this, man. If, if we had a, a nice running game going and, and a stout defense out there, then you can put a rookie in there and see what he got and see what you, see what we're doing. But why would you want to subject him to this? Why do you want to damage him already? That's all that's going to end up happening. He's going to end up being damaged. And then in two, three games in, everybody's going to be crying. Well, they, need to, they need to draft a quarterback in the first round. But let, let, and, and to say that, let, let's look at some of these first-round quarterbacks. Um, 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 Trey Lance. All right? Just Thursday night, Justin Fields. These guys are drafted in the first round. Um, Kyle Wilson. These guys are first-round quarterbacks, and they're struggling. What the hell you think Howell's going to look like? This, this is crazy, man. You should not want Howell to have to touch the field barring injury. That's it. That's the only way he should get on this field is injury. So as far as Heineke's not playing well or – or, well, let's make a decision between Heineke and Howe because Wentz is hurt. That is easy, man. Put Heineke out in that field. Oh, uh, that was me. I'm Appreciate sorry. Appreciate you, Paulie. Point made. I hit the uh, button but by to, Just to retort, I'll say, is the fact that Bailey Zappi is a fourth-round pick, threw for 300 yards and put up wicked numbers in a quarterback-friendly system in college, does that make him better than Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, who were all drafted in the top 10. I mean, maybe we need to start reevaluating how we evaluate quarterbacks. Or maybe it's just Bailey Zappi. He's a guy that fell through the cracks. Granted, it's only been a couple of weeks. Hell, Bill might start Mac Jones as soon as Mac Jones is available. And that, that'll tell us everything that we need to know. We'll see. 301-230-0980. She's done cutting out livers. We'll get to her next <laughs> Right now, Chris tells us what's trending. All right, we'd actually start out with some Caps news who are home tonight to take on Bruce Boudreau and the Vancouver Canucks at 7 o'clock, pregame 645, 106.7. The fan, the coverage there. Evgeny Kuznetsov is a game-time decision, uh, not taking the morning skate this morning, according to the team, as a maintenance period. Uh, again, game time decision overall. Meanwhile, uh, the Commanders opening up as four and a half to five point dogs, depending on where you are looking uh, for next Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, who come in losers of two in a row, three and three overall. Got spanked by the Jets yesterday at Lambeau Field, 27 to 10. Now, Aaron Rodgers has a banged up thumb. Of course, Carson Wentz has a fractured finger. And that likely means Wentz will not be the quarterback for the Commanders. We'll see about Rodgers uh, and the Packers yesterday. And, boy, do they need that. So do the Commanders, who are 2-4, and four, uh, but trailing, of course, in the NFC East behind the undefeated Eagles, 6-0, and oh, the Giants 5-1, and one, Cowboys at 4-2. and two. And Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk says there's, quote-unquote, no doubt that NFL owners will discuss Dan Snyder's status as Commanders owner during this week's league meetings, which begin tomorrow, Monday Night Football, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, Denver, and the Chargers coverage at 7.30. And that's what's trending. Cat from the refrigerator, and I went with the like big cat. So that is delicious. 
I want to celebrate another day of living because I'm eating a refrigerated Big Cat on a Monday morning. 301-230-0980. You know, I mean, Bailey Zappi's success short-term here with New England, you know, as a fourth-round guy, third-day pick, you know, does it, does it, you know, change what we think about Zach Wilson throwing for 110 yards against Green Bay, Justin Fields? I think Justin Fields, part of his problem is already two different staffs. So development has been affected in my mind by that fact and the fact that the new staff coming in said, hey, dude, you're our guy. Let's go. You're learning on the fly. So he doesn't get the development time. You know, it's basically baptism, you know, by fire right now. And it's not it's not a great product in Chicago. I mean, it's Darnell Mooney, and they might as well bring Russell in for a workout tomorrow uh, at wide receiver. So, you know, should we should we change how you know we we look at some of these players? And and Bailey Zappi could go out and throw three interceptions next week, and then everybody will go, okay, the glass slipper fell off, just like Cooper Rush last night. Cooper Rush didn't play very well. That's why Dallas lost. Uh, Philadelphia was better than average. Uh, injured to watch there, Lane Johnson, because when he went out, that kind of allowed Dallas to get back in the game a little bit uh, there in that one. So And Rush played better in the second half when Dallas stayed committed to the run. For all you number nerd numbnuts out there that wanted them to abandon the run at halftime because it wasn't working. <laughs> Dude, I watched the game over the weekend. I mean, Ole Miss ran for 448 yards against Auburn. It wasn't Vanderbilt. It was Auburn. Oh, man. Okay. 448. And that's Lane Kiffin. Two running backs. And that's Lane Kiffin who likes to throw the pill around. Two quarterbacks and the two running backs and the quarterback all ran for over 100 yards. Wow. Just ridiculous. And I saw somebody else, uh, Joe and I did the review show last night. It's up now at iTunes. So download the It's College Football podcast. Uh, right now, if you love listening to uh, information about college football, uh, you know, th- not, somebody else ran for over 400 yards uh, it, it, this weekend as well. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. You know, uh, Old Dominion, uh, Old Dominion, gut punch coastal. How about James Madison? They start bitching about, oh, we're not eligible for the Sun Belt. And they then get they beat. Lose. Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern, who used to run the triple option, they'd run for 400 yards a game. They'd maybe throw. 50 passes a season. They threw 60 passes in one game this week and threw for 5-12 against mm-hmm. James Madison. So as much as I like the Dukes and, and and root for the Dukes, that was a tough pill to swallow there. Worry about what you're worrying about week after week. Let the bowl games and division championships uh, be what they are. Now the question ultimately is, before we get to Sabah, will Green Bay be willing to do that right now with Dylan and with Jones? And if so, Chris, does it make a difference with their offensive line because there was no running game production yesterday for Green Bay right. in that contest. No, there wasn't. There and clearly wasn't. right now. Now, that's a, that Jets defense is pretty, I mean, Quinton well, Williams. Williams was great. Uh, great. Uh, up the middle, uh, you know. Now, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne have been terrific, right? I mean, the the Packer strength right now, if they have one on offense, would be their, their ability to run the ball and be physical with both of those guys. The commanders have been really good against the run since week two when they got gashed and gashed again by the Detroit Lions, especially on that one big play by DeAndre Swift. Again, they they allowed the 62-yarder 
to me, that's a missed tackle, right? Again, it counts. I'm saying, like, teams have not been able to dictate games and run at them like we were worried about even Derrick Henry, right? If you think about it, Derrick Henry got over 100. He had to work for that. He had, like, 25, mm-hmm. 26 carries, right? That's, I mean, that's nothing. Um, I mean, that that's nothing in terms of, um, you know, going against Derrick Henry. And uh, who knows what Jonathan Taylor's health situation is going to be like next, like a week from this Sunday right. when Washington goes to Indianapolis. That being said, that being said, what I hope doesn't happen is all of a sudden, you know, Aaron Rodgers with his bad thumb gets some good pass protection on on one or two snaps and Romeo Dobbs or uh, what's his name um, that I drafted in my fantasy? Christian Watson, who's done nothing. One of those guys, Cobb got banged up. Cobb, now he didn't fracture his ankle, but he's got a high ankle sprain, I think it is. So he's probably not going to play. I can't say definitively, but probably not. Um, but all it takes is, again, one or two big plays, and that's the worry when you're a big play allowed defense, but you do everything else pretty well. So we'll see. 312 She's done taking out livers. Let's talk to our girl, Sabah. What's up, Sabah? Oh, Doc. What's up, guys? i tell you something. Chris, I, the first tweet I saw was yours yesterday because I, I was uh, busy. My daughter came back from college visiting, and I was kind of off the grid. And then I got—I was just looking on Twitter, and I got some alert saying, Sabah, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? So I saw your tweet, and I was like, wait, what? Everybody, every, was, everybody like, was chirping for Sabah. You, you are the caller that, you know, Paulie gets some attention. <laughs> there is nobody on this show that gets more attention than you. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, all the callers out there. We're all one big happy family, and I do agree with Paulie on this one. You do not go with Howell. I love Howell, but, you know, he's not ready, in particular with this coaching staff, because like I was telling Kevin, I don't even trust Scott Turner. Um, if if um, Brady uh, was drafted by us, uh, we would have ruined him. He, he would have never been heard of. And if Heineke was over there with Belichick, he would have been, uh, uh, you know, multiple-year starter by now. So, uh, you know, it all depends on who's your coach with a lot of these people, because all these guys can play. Even the ones that look horrible can play because, you know, they're not but 32 of them in the whole world. So um, i definitely excited. Now we can go have ourselves a season. I, I think third down conversion, which is a quarterback stat, according to the Shanahan's, you know, is going to be much better with Heineke. I'm just waiting to see him with all these weapons, you know, down the stretch. You only Oh, no. What happened? I didn't do anything. The foam monster getter? Ugh. Sabah. Call back. Uh, here she is. She's calling back. Just, Just as, take the line cold. We know it's her. Yeah. As soon. All right. right. Let's let's. let's well, where wait, 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 wait. Doc, 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 doc. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. We <laughs> met, The phone monster got you. That was not me uh, peeping myself. So just rewind no, um, for a second. What were you saying now? I'm sorry. Where was I? I don't know. You were you were in oh, okay, mid so. ra- mid rant about Scott Turner sucking, which you're not wrong okay. on. So here's. Okay, yeah. So what he's going to have to do, well, I think third down conversion is going to be much better because I think two out of the last 22, that is a quarterback stat, which is the Shanahan told us that. And I think um, um, Heineke is going to be much better with that because I'm excited to see him actually with weapons more than Terry McLaurin because, you know, half the season he only had Terry and didn't have JDM or Logan Thomas. And I remember this stat at the beginning, early in the season when um, Heineke was just starting um, he was eight for eight for touchdowns in the red zone when Logan Thomas and Taylor Heineke, will, um, um, Terry McLaurin, were both in the game. 
It was uh, eight for eight. I know I remember that. I can't find the new one, but I know that's what it was. Because that's a big target to have Logan Thomas. So I want to see him with Logan Thomas, Terry, Jahan, Samuel, um, B-Rob, and hopefully Antonio Gibson won't go back to fumbling because that's all he did when he played with Haneke. So I'm excited. I just hate the fact that he didn't get the preseason reps and he didn't get, you know, the, the in-season reps with these guys. Because as usual, we gave Wentz, you know, multiple, not even, addition. And we're going to get Heineke multiplication and a little bit of calculus. But if you do Howell right now, that would be a big mistake because I just don't think our coaching staff teaches players, particularly quarterbacks, how to be quarterbacks. And one last thing, why is it this town, since we have this new owner, you know, why is it that we are patient with quarterbacks that we shouldn't be and we're impatient with those that we should be? I can't explain that, guys. Well, we'll find out. He's going to get a chance to acquit himself again. Appreciate the call, Sabaz. Uh, it likely, I, I would be shocked if Heineke doesn't get the first shot if Wentz can't go uh, this weekend. And look, the biggest criticism and that that Heineke backers have had is they'd love to see him with all these weapons. Now, granted, Dotson's not going to be a part of it uh, because of the hamstring, likely, but still, it's a pretty good group. We'll see if Heineke. Uh, it shows uh, any better coming up this week against the Green Bay Packers. Maybe Joey Sly will kick it between the big H and we'll get some field goals yeah, this maybe. week. Maybe. It's a big maybe. I, wa- I like Joey Sly. I, I like to- Joey Sly too. I want him to be successful. But so do I. At some point, you got to kick the ball between the big H consistently. 301 230. He almost missed two field goals the other night. Yeah, how about, do you see Justin Tucker obliterate yeah. the upright yesterday? Yeah. That's the loudest upright I've ever heard know. in my life. I know. Must have hit it with the laces. I know. Because the laces help you. Because those I mean, those balls are a little harder. Bang. I mean, it's so rare for Tucker. So rare. Right? It's not so rare for Joey Sly. But again, he missed not only the key one at the end there, which would have yeah. not iced the game. It would have put them up by eight. But it would have prevented them from having the game on the line. But also, he, again, almost missed another one. Uh, I can't remember the distance on that one, maybe 30-some-odd yards or whatever it was. It, you know, and, and, yes, it was windy on Thursday night, but the wind kind of calmed down as the game went along. If it's not Wentz, who do you go, Heineke or Hal? 301-230-0980. More of your calls coming up next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free. Download it now, the Odyssey app.